This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It is coming down hard out there. Have I got a trench coat tip for you tonight on the Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I'm a researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, relationships, your body, your attitude, your mind, and your health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies Just fearless, straight-up sex talk. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, and get you thinking outside of the box and have a little fun while you're at it. So please stay with me. There is an aspect of sexual health that is dark, and that is sexual abuse, any unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. Of course, for those of you who've been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Please put the kitties to bed. Grab your glass of wine. Get one for your lover and do join me. It's my pleasure to be here with you. First and foremost, however, I would like to say that my heart goes out to all of those women out there who've been victimized by these sick and disgusting men that we are seeing uh, fall one after another in in the U.S. And certainly there will be some in Canada to follow. Um, this is certainly changing the landscape out there quite a bit. And I'm going to be talking about that tonight on the program, amongst other things. Good evening, Amir, and welcome back to the show. Nice to see you again. Yeah, it's good to be here. I always look forward to this, actually, now. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> That's so nice of you. There's my Why? giggles again. No. <laughs> What's that? There's my giggles again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Anyway, um, <laughs> it's great to have you here. As you Thank know, you. that I can only... Um, turn certain things on. (laughs) And one of them isn't radio boards. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, some other things which I will be talking about tonight on the program as I do every Sunday night. Uh, I was talking about it with some friends this week, in fact, and I'm sure you know what it is, but I will get to that in a bit. I just want to make sure that you've put the children to bed. It is a dark and dreary and miserable night out there in Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. It is uh, just coming down like cats and dogs. It's a good night to be cuddling up, though. Get the fire on and get some wine, maybe some appies, a hot toddy, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, just lay back there and listen (laughs) on how you can improve your love life. (laughs) You heard it here first on the Sunday Night Sex Show. Uh, We've got lots of subjects to cover tonight. Of course, I, I... Every week in my clinical practice, there's something new and different and, and, uh, you know, uh, amazing. Uh, Sometimes I'm surprised at some of the beliefs that people have that uh, prevent them from having a great relationship. So I'm going to be talking about some of those toxic beliefs that may prevent you from enjoying your love relationship, your intimate relationship. Also, I think last week I forgot to define sex addiction versus sex offending. What is the difference? And, you know, um, there's 
significant differences. And we need to continue this conversation. I do believe we'll be having this conversation for a long time to come. We have Louis C.K. who fell this week, huh? You know, pretty disappointing. Yeah, I wasn't actually completely surprised. Not Some surprising. Some of his comedy is pretty grotesque. It, it's very uh, raw, and it's very, and a lot of it is incredibly vulgar. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes, as they say, you know, um, art imitates life. That's a good point. And that's certainly the case for Louis C.K., but I actually think he's going to get off a little bit sooner than others because he's one of the first, if the only, who has actually admitted to it happening. And he didn't apologize. He just said, that, yeah, this happened, but it wasn't really a, a straight-up apology. Exactly. So he's admitted to it. So it's like, and you know, I've heard so many people say, I feel so sorry for Louis C.K. Why? Why? <laughs> do not, do not let him lure you in like that. Uh, that you know, there's there's comedy, and there's a certain way to deliver comedy, and bringing vulgarity into it, and also behaving in a way that is uh, that where you demonstrate your unhealthy power over vulnerable people, in particular women. Um, you know, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. And so I'm going to be talking about that tonight. Why is it that a um, seemingly powerful man would do what he did? still a little early in the program, do what he did or uh, repeatedly uh, to women. So uh, that's just uh, a problem that's going to continue. And I imagine this week we're going to see a few more people uh, be exposed, if you will. (laughs) Play on words there. (laughs) Never thought you'd be exposed, did you, all you little exposers out there? Um, (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Uh, So we continue on with the Harvey Weinstein scandal. And, you know, women do need to speak up and do need to talk about this. And and also I'm going to have somebody on. I'm going to be talking about online dating tonight. And it's, you know, we talk a lot about it's dangerous for women. But you know what? It's dangerous for men, too. You know, you can really meet that fatal attraction, that bunny boiler. She's out there. I'm telling you. I've been there myself. I'm not going to talk too much about it. But, yeah, it's true. It's true, right? And and so we don't, uh, you know, I I know I often focus on it. It is a dangerous world for girls and women. But it is, it's also equally as dangerous for, you know, nice, uh, you know, kind respectful men uh, mm. to meet these fatal attraction types, these Glenn Close juniors, yeah. shall we say. <laughs> so anyhow, I've got a story about that that is just sad and shocking and awful. And oh, anyway, and you just think, why? You know, you know, I guess the last person to know that they need help is the person that needs help. And that's often the case. And so they, you know, if if uh, you're dating and you get an uh, uh, your uh, intuition, you know, you just have a funny feeling about somebody, believe that. There's actually some science to support that that uh, may, in fact, be real. But they will always demonstrate their true colors. So just wait just a little bit and their true colors will come out. How about love later on in life? I'm, I've read a beautiful book called The Round-Heeled Woman about a woman who decided to have a beautiful sex life at the end of her life, something she was not allowed to have as a young woman. So it's a very interesting story, The Round-Heeled Woman, and we'll be talking about that. Also, back to that online dating thing, guys, I'm talking to you. I was talking to a lot of women this week about online dating at a bit of a forum, and they were disclosing to me what it is about you that you put on your online profile. You know, I I don't do this uh, 
professionally, if you will, but I would like to. I'd like to set up a little side business. If I actually had a minute, <laughs> I would. Um, but how to, because I often do it in my clinical practice if people are going online dating and they want some help with editing their profile and I will help them to edit, but they're mainly women. But men never ask, you know, how, what about my profile? Like, what do you think specifically? They might ask me generally. So what, what you guys are writing out there is this. These are some of the things. <laughs> what do you like to do? Take a long walk no. on a beach with you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, don't write that, okay? Nobody really puts, apparently, <laughs> what they do for a living. Do you know that's the number one thing that a, a woman is going to find attractive about you? That you have a job, okay? <laughs> that you can actually pay for dinner for crying out loud. Um, anyway, and also going to be talking about, you know, if you're in a bad relationship, don't stay in it. You know what? Get out. Life's to be enjoyed, not endured. I say that often, but I have a a woman in my clinical practice. She was, she was, she is in her late eighties. And I said to her, how's that ex-husband of yours when she came in? And she said to me, he's dead. I said, well, that ought to teach him. (laughs) (laughs) He was 92. And um, so he actually, she was married to him for 50 years and divorced from him for six months. And she said it was the best six months of her life. And she was so glad she did it. And I just so happened to have, and he was a crotchety, ornery, you know, oppositional, angry guy, you know, all 92 years of him. And uh, so, you know what? No point in hanging around somebody like that. Uh, nothing like a good death to let someone know how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, true. I had another woman in my uh, clinical practice this week, and she presented. She's actually in her late forties, and she's at the uh, she's suffering with a terminal illness. She's at the end of her life, uh, m- much too soon, and she wanted to talk to me about um, what I tell people about staying in relationships that are toxic. And she's written letters to her nieces and nephews about that and about, you know, really, which I thought was beautiful and, and yeah. brilliant that, cause you, you need to hear from mentors before you. Um, so, you know, that was just a lovely story. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Last week we heard from a caller who said all menopausal women are not interested in sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hear that. I, but I'm here to say that there are women who are. It's a matter of the right one or the wrong one, to be honest with you, and it's a complicated issue. And But I want to say this. It, something came to mind. When a woman decides to sleep with a man, there is no wall she will not scale, no fortress she will not destroy, no moral consideration she will not ignore at its very root. There is no higher power worth worrying about. And that's Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Who, uh, you know, so just that quote came to mind. And that's true. And we forget about that. And you know what? Sometimes she's just not that into you. And uh, low sexual desire in long-term relationships is common. And I see it quite a bit in women in my clinical practice. And I do like to give some tips about that. And so I have a trench coat suggestion for you tonight uh, for all the menopausal women out there, (laughs) all the hot menopausal women. Um, But first and foremost, nope, before I get to that, uh, did you know that there's a uh, brothel in Barcelona who has replaced its Real live prostitutes with robotic sex dolls. Yeah, they're coming. The future Uh, is here. uh, The future is here, honestly. And people are falling in love with sex robots. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that uh, tonight. But, But... 
first and foremost, and right after the break, I'm honored to have in the studio with me uh, an author. Uh, she's written a beautiful book called Overcoming the Impossible. It's a life of trials and triumphs. Do you ever find yourself complaining about first world problems? Your date got canceled or you met a weirdo or you missed out on the million dollar condo in Vancouver because somebody overbid you by $100,000? Well, complain no more. You need to hear what Monica Gartner has to say about life and love and relationships and dealing with trials and the, how she's triumphed over uh, many obstacles in her life. So I'm honored to have her when I return. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you for being here with me this evening. It's always my pleasure to be here with you every Sunday night live from the downtown studios here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, Do you ever complain about nothing? Do you ever have these first world problems? Really, you burnt the soup or somebody is late uh, and didn't call you or somebody didn't email you back. Or somebody's asked you to clarify something even. Those simple things that get our hearts racing. I'm not talking about the kind of heart racing of one of our favorite Pats players. (laughs) (laughs) One of our hottest Patriot players. But anyway, I digress. I bet you don't even know who I'm talking about. Um, But you know what? Those are what we call first world problems. And we seem to have a lot of them. And they can actually lead to an incredibly negative life. Well... That could have been Monica Gartner's approach to life, but it wasn't. Monica A. Gartner is the author of Overcoming the Impossible, A Life of Trials and Triumphs, and she is a guest in my studio. Welcome to the studio, Monica. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. This is a beautiful book. This is amazing. Thanks. And, I mean, you're nearly sold out. (laughs) 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 Your first run. That's incredible. Yeah. So life didn't start out for you... uh, too too smoothly we you know we have babies and we expect we hope and everybody worries that their baby is going to be healthy and mm-hmm. and and for the most part babies are mm-hmm. but at 2 weeks of age yeah your parents received devastating news and yes. what was that well um i had to stay in the hospital longer than my mother and they couldn't understand why and they said they were just doing some more tests and um then they um released me and they said, take her home and enjoy her while you can. She won't live to be a year old. She has a very rare bone disease called osteogenesis imperfecta. And osteo means bone. Genesis means genetic or in, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And imperfecta meaning not perfect. So the bones from the beginning are not perfect. And basically what that means is my bones are fragile and they break easily. So in the first year of a baby's life, as you know, being a nurse... Uh, the bones are still forming. And if the bone should break in the first year, they have internal hemorrhaging. So it was thought that I would bleed to death. Yeah. Okay. And so were your parents given those instructions? Uh, they were Hold just, her gently? No, they take, were just told, take her home, enjoy her while you can. She won't live to be a year old. Better luck next time. And so they must have just loved you and treated you with tender, loving care and, and kid gloves. Yeah, I was told that for the first three years of my life, they carried me around on a board um, and put towels on it so that they wouldn't squish me too hard when they were carrying me from room to room. Um, My mother had another sense. She would wake up in the middle of the night and could sense that I wanted to 
turn over. So she would turn me for me and prop me with pillows and towels. She asked my father to come home from work to change my diapers. So for the first year, he would every now and again come home and change the diaper with my mother. They would do it very slowly, moving me gently so I wouldn't break. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? You have just not been able to break. And there are certainly things that have (laughs) entered your life that one would have thought you might have broken. But you've actually never broken. And you have lived a lot longer than the age of one. Uh, A woman never tells her age. So don't worry. Uh, (laughs) That's one thing you never. Yeah. My age is an age is like a telephone number and mine is unlisted. And so should yours be. Uh, But anyway, so you've lived past the age of one. Mm -hmm. You've had um, you've you've encountered a lot of life's problems that we all encounter. Yeah. But it, it likely has had a different impact on you. Well, yeah. In my formative years growing up. I was constantly breaking bones. Um, But then as I became a teenager, the bone breaking slowed down. Um, And thank God for that, because otherwise I most likely wouldn't be able to lead such an active life as I do lead. Absolutely. And an active life you do lead. And I'm going to ask you to stay through to the news because we're going to hear about a few things that happened that really should have broken you but didn't. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. It's always my pleasure to be here. If you have any questions at all for myself or my lovely guest, Monica A. Gartner, author of Overcoming the Impossible, A Life of Trials and Triumphs, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The lines are open and we'd love to hear from you. I'm honored to have in the studio Monica A. Gartner, the author of Overcoming the Impossible, A Life of Trials and Triumphs, in part because so many people complain about nothing these days. They've gained a little bit of weight, or they can't meet anybody, or their (laughs) wife won't have sex with them, or uh, somebody gave them some feedback at work, and so we have lots of complaint, or... Lots of complaints, or I even had one where uh, somebody didn't like the lunch that was being served to them, okay? Like, they didn't like that kind of food. There were 10 choices. Anyhow, I don't know. So Monica had lots of reasons to complain. She's, uh, I've met a lot of people in my day, and she is one of the brightest sparks I've ever met. She's got a beautiful smile, most optimistic attitude and positive attitude. She's absolutely lovely and brilliant. And she's written this amazing book. And so Monica, tell me, you were diagnosed uh, as a as a baby with mm-hmm. osteogenesis imperfecta. Mm-hmm. And your parents were told you were not going to live past a year. Yeah. And, and here you are in the studio yeah, today, a ra- studio. virtual radio rock star, <laughs> <laughs> telling us about your life. You have uh, very fragile bones or had much more fragile bones, and yet you haven't broken with all of the challenges that life has presented you. So tell me, first of all, I know you you were hit by a car. Yes, I was. um, August the 7th, 1990, at 5.30 p.m. Not that I remember it very well. (laughs) I (laughs) I got struck by a car while I was crossing the street. I got home from work. I work full time. And I was in the mall checking out. My friend and I were thinking of going to Hawaii. We did some grocery shopping before I had to go home because my home care worker 
was going to meet me at home to help me with dinner and so forth. And I'm crossing the street, and all of a sudden, because the car stopped to give me the right away, little did I know, the car behind her kept going. And all of a sudden, I felt like it was Chicken Little from The Sky is Falling. Oh. And I thought, why is the sky tilting all of a sudden? Because were you in your chair? I was or in my electric in wheelchair. In your electric wheelchair. And the next thing you know, I hit the ground two feet away from a cement meridian. Oh. And the pillow that is behind my back fell right under my head as I hit the pavement. Oh, my gosh. Protecting my what skull and my that? neck. Yeah. So I always say my guardian angel was awake that day. Certainly was. And, and stuck that pillow underneath my head. Wow. And because even when the fire department came, they said, we'll put the pillow under her head. And Amazing. people said, well, she fell like that. And he even scratched his head. He's wow. like, how does that happen? An angel put that yeah, exactly. Yeah, An exactly. angel put that there. Yes. So uh, he said, are you okay? I said, no. My collarbone is broken. My arm is broken. Something's wrong with my knee and my hip. I knew already what was fractured. Wow, yeah. Because you probably know your body so well. Unfortunately, I also hear the bone snap. Mm-hmm. And the collarbone was the worst because I could hear the two bones scraping against each other. Oh, dear. That was not a very pleasant sound. No, I'm sure not. So there they are packing me up into a, onto a straight board because they didn't know if I had any spinal cord injury mm-hmm. and put me in the ambulance. And uh, there was a young man checking my vitals as I'm being hurried off to the hospital. And um, since it's the kind of show it is, I'm just going to tell you. Go, tell it like it is. I'm going to tell it like it is. that's what we do here on, right. on the sex show. So I'm looking at this young man and I'm thinking, oh, he's kind of good looking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, gee, I wonder if he's married. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? No. Well, no, <laughs> I care. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Weren't you delusional at that point? <laughs> I, you'd, you'd think so. So I'm looking at his right hand. I'm looking for the wing. <laughs> doggone it, there it was, oh. a shiny gold ring. And I said to myself, self, I might as well not waste a flirt because he's already married. And then I thought, wait a minute, I Why just not? got hit by a car. Why am I thinking about flirting with the man? <laughs> and then I said, oh, uh, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> That's your optimism. That was my optimism. Coming through. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, so. Now, speaking of heartbreak and, you know... <laughs> A New England Patriots fan has broken millions of women's hearts across the country and beyond. Tom Brady. Anyway, and um, but, uh, you know, heartbreak. No, none of us like rejection. No. And we all are nervous about, you know, our appearance, what we look like, Mm -hmm. what our bodies are like. We have body Mm -hmm. image concerns, especially Mm -hmm. in relationships. And so uh, what was heartbreak and rejection like for you? Have have you experienced it? I Ooh, never have. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I've experienced a lot of heartbreak. I mean, mm-hmm. in different facets, really. Um, you know, from rejection to jobs, uh, rejection in relationships, and just even friendships. And as far as romance is concerned, it's really, really tough out there. Well, it's tough out there. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> it's it's a challenge. it's a war zone out there. It is a war zone out there. <laughs> and you know, I've. Um, when I go out uh, with my girlfriends or what have you, I dress up to the nines. I put full makeup on, happy face, and I go out, you know. <laughs> and um, and I'm always a happy face anyway. And then some people tell me that I intimidate men. So apparently I intimidate I've been men. told that too. 
So, and I'm like, like I'm three feet, one and a half inches tall. Like, seriously? Like, I'm not that intimidating, I don't think. But I think... Um, They're intimidated by yeah. your intelligence, your spirit, yeah. your yeah. optimism, your positivity, your self-confidence, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's what is intimidates people. That's what intimidates people. Yes. And I'm fairly independent, too. And that's another big that's intimidation That's a big no-no, portion. apparently, too. It um, is. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, there are times I am the helpless female. Oh, that's right. We can all play that role, We can all play that role. And (laughs) sometimes it's very true when I drop something onto the floor and I need somebody to pick it up for me. It's been done on purpose. Um, (laughs) Not in my building because when I first moved in, they were all seniors. So that didn't really appeal to me. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Forget that. No. So, yeah. So anyway, but um, but it's oh another time is I was driving home from the mall and all of a sudden my chair died. Oh. Right. It was just completely dead. And out of the water, <laughs> it stopped. And I'm like, oh, great. What am I going to do? There were some people passing by, but you know how you said earlier, sometimes you get that funny feeling about somebody? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I get funny feelings about groups of people. Yeah. And I just don't interact. I just ignore them. The one lady figured out that I was in trouble and needed help, but the poor dear couldn't speak a word of English. Oh. So she knew that my chair wasn't working, but... I tried to explain how to try to fix it, but it wasn't working. So I called 911, and I said, look, this isn't life or death, but this is my problem. Um, do you have a squad car in the neighborhood that can help me at police officer? Business? Preferably with a good-looking Preferably officer? Preferably a good-looking no. <laughs> peace officer. But um, she said, no, they were all engaged at the time. Oh, darn. And I thought, oh, that's unfortunate, too. But anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, they said, oh, but wait, we've, we... Well, the fire department is going to come out and help you. I said, that's great. They don't need to send a big truck. Just the one guy in the one car is just perfectly fine. Single, preferably. It's perfect, preferably. Of course. So anyway, there I am waiting. And all of a sudden, I hear sirens. I'm like, oh, no. They sent the big honking truck, didn't they? And I turn around and look. Yeah, there's a big honking truck. They pass me. I wave. <laughs> and then they do a Yui in the middle of the street. Oh my god. Come gosh. back right beside me and these four giants come out. <laughs> and I mean giants. I've called them before. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I don't know what they're eating, but anyway, <laughs> can they share? Testosterone. Uh, okay, but anyway. So they come out and they're all serious, like, How can we help you, ma'am? And I said, Well, there's this little black ball in the back of my chair, just push it down. Mm-hmm. It took all of like four seconds. Yeah. I said, Great, thank you. That's it. That's it. I go, Yeah. <laughs> well, where do you live? Right here in front of this building. It happened what oh, in front my of my gosh. condo, right? Oh. So they all four of them walk me to the door. They take my key and oh. unlock the door. It was lovely. I wanted to invite one of them in for tea. <laughs> but then that would have been rude for the other three, so I exactly, didn't. Exactly, yes. <laughs> there is that thing like working. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. so you're, you have such a positive spirit and such a, an optimistic attitude. Have yeah. you ever felt sorry for yourself? Have there ever been days where you've gotten down on yourself and the why me yeah, um, sure. party Absolutely. and you know, have a little pity party for yourself? I had pity parties and um, when I was younger, and at the time, my father would somehow able to talk me out of that snap pity party and snap me out of it. You know, he, he would always say to me, you know, look from where you've come from. Look how far you've gone. Right. You know, um, your bones aren't breaking as much. Mm-hmm. You have a full-time job. Um, you have this. You have that. And, you know, but the hardest is all 
is relationships Mm -hmm. and having intimacy with people, Um, with a man too, of course. Mm -hmm. And that has been the hardest hurdle to cross. And and that's a challenge for a lot of people. Yes, and... And I realize that imperfect people out there, right? We're all imperfect. Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm still open to having a relationship with, um, a nice man, Mm -hmm. not a strange, rude, you know, and you're absolutely right. We do want to know if they're employed. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You know, and and I have done online dating. Like I, I tried it one time, a few times actually. I was in communication with this one gentleman for three months, uh-huh. and that was interesting, and he kept wanting to know more about me, but he wouldn't let me know too much about him. That's it. They just say, well, yeah. I just want to, you know, yeah. walk down the beach with you. Yeah, um, and you so know, then I ended that. Doesn't tell too much. What, you know, some people wonder, can they ever, you know, they might lose a job, or they may lose a relationship, or they may, you know, suffer some of the other cha- really devastating challenges in life, you know, lose their entire home through a a fire or um, lose a child, and, and they may think that they can never overcome that. What, what, are, what are some of your suggestions for people to overcome some of the impossible in life, some of the trials? Well, I'll tell you another little story that goes along with um, when I got my car accident, at the same time I was trying to get a driver's license. Um, and that, as you say, is a first world war pro- uh, first world. Um, problem, problem. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and um, I was going through hoops trying to get my driver's license. Right. And um, I would go to GF Strong. They had to give me a psychological evaluation to see if I was capable of driving. And there are still days today, which I think some people out there haven't had their psychological oh, evaluation. most people out there. I'm on the road <laughs> quite a bit. And, Absolutely. And that was a really... Um, that really bothered me to begin with, because mm-hmm. just because I'm in a chair, I know. Why should I have to have a psychological e- exam? Exactly. Um, and they would tell me, "Well, you can't do this, you can't do that." And I said, "Well, how do truck drivers do shoulder checks? Well, they have extended mirrors. Well, why can't I have that?" Oh, okay, yeah. So finally, I passed that. Then they wanted me to sit in a regular car, and clearly, I wasn't going to be able to see over the s- steering wheel. Mm-hmm. But the men in that department had to actually physically see it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't take my word for it. Right. So they put me in the course that didn't work. Then began the process of finding a vehicle that I could learn how to drive in. Mm-hmm. By the time the whole process was over and I actually got my driver's license, it was five and a half years. Wow. In between was this car accident, yeah. and I didn't know if I'd be able to move my arm properly right. because I had problems with my rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. And there were days when I thought, is this nightmare never going to end? Yeah. Right? That's what everybody thinks when they're going through a challenge. Right. And to be honest, what I do is I pray. Mm-hmm. And I ask my God to help me because I don't have the strength to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, there was times when I wish he would just come right down in person, but that's not realistic. So what I do is um, friends and family also help me along the way. Excellent. Well, you've just got some high-spirited power inside of you. You've got a book signing coming up. Um, it's going to be at Indigo Spirit at yes. Granville and Robson. Granville and Robson, Indigo and- Spirit. 
yeah. on Tuesday, November the 21st. Right. It'll start either between 6 or 6.30 in the evening. Okay. It's definitely a book you want to read. Um, it's a fantastic book. And also um, your website, Monica? MonicaGartner.ca. So if people want to get in touch with you and yeah. uh, ask you a few questions on how they can overcome some of the trials in their life. Monica, Absolutely. it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. Thank I love you. your spirit. Best of luck with the book. Thank you. All right. Thanks for coming in. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We're talking about all sorts of subjects tonight, but lots of focus on relationships because that seems to be bothering a lot of people lately. Uh, whether the rela- whether it's the relationship that they're in or the relationship that they want to get in. And one thing about this I find is that, that people get stuck on this negative bant. They get this idea that nothing in their life is going to change, that they become so anxious about it, and, and they focus on their flaws instead of focus, focusing on what what is positive about them. And everybody has gifts and, and certain positivity about them, but people focus on, you know, how much added weight they might have on, for example. And, you know, just a little side trip here is like, if you feel like you have added weight on you, then do something about it. There's lots you can do about it, starting with cutting down on what you consume and actually cutting out the sugar entirely will actually help you to drop weight significantly. Get out there and start moving. Start exercising. But because if you continue to focus on your flaws, you might think that nothing in your life can change because you've got so much anxiety built up that uh, you are afraid to surrender yourself to your fears because you find them comforting on some level. And so you may not try to experience new things or um, different aspects of life, or you may just get stuck in life. And, And so there's lots of different philosophies out there about how to live the best life possible. And, and, but one thing is just some basic ways to just change your toxic or negative thinking. And so one thing is that people believe like, uh, to be totally honest with you, (laughs) my every day in my life changes, like there is something different every day. And honestly, there are things that I never would have expected to happen that happen. And, and sometimes they're bad things. They're not the greatest things, but they get resolved. Something else occurs. And, and so I, the only constant is change. And I fall on that. I rely on that. I believe in that. And I realize as well that this too shall pass, especially if it's something bad, but I happen to have a lot of good things in my life as well. And so, and sometimes you think, oh, this is going so well. Can it, how can it possibly get better? And it does. And, And so the present is not necessarily indicative of your future. When things aren't going well, it, we commonly believe that our lives will always be like this. Challenges present themselves and you fear that you will never be able to overcome them. But that's actually what gives you strength. And so uh, when and, and by the same token, if things are going great, we often believe that something will stop it from continuing to be great. And that's what I just said about my own life. When things are going really well, I don't expect something else to go really well. And then it does. And I'm like, okay, this will be it. Okay, no, nothing good will happen after that. And then maybe something does. And I'm like, okay, I better not turn right because something bad might strike all this down. 
Um, but, you know, we think that happiness is fleeting, but it's not. And we take it at face value when we're feeling down or anxious or depressed, and we think that it will only get worse. But that's that self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you have issues with uh, finances, for example, and you just think, I don't have any money, I'm never going to have any money, and and then, but you continue to spend, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and so it's almost like you are very comfortable in that zone, in that area um, of, you know, in that way that... Um, it says, I don't want to actually make this any better. You want, to, you want to, on some level, perpetuate your problem. This is another thing. People think that it's too late to make changes. I hear this from people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Oh, too late. Well, you're going to hear a story in the second hour of this program about a woman who just didn't think that having a great sex life was, it was ever too late. And so in her 60s, she decided to reach out and have the best sex life ever. So you are allowed to backtrack in life and you're allowed to figure out what is right for you. Some people think that being vulnerable is dangerous and sometimes it is. It can be when there's unhealthy power in a relationship, but being vulnerable can be very very good because, but a lot of us fear vulnerability. We're afraid to feel emotions to the fullest extent in part because we're scared or we're, we have this negative attitude about how we might react. So you, the only way you can progress in life is to step outside of that comfort zone and you have to actually accept what your comfort zone is. And then the other thing, and that's really related to relationships, but a lot of people think that being alone is a problem, just like my but much like my 89-year-old patient who, you know, was together with somebody for 50 years and then alone for six months. And she said those were the most beautiful six months of her life. So, you know what? It's okay to be alone and, and know yourself and understand yourself and love yourself because sometimes that's all you got. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.